Hello, ho, ho, and welcome to our special Christmas episode of the Wrong Football Podcast. My name's Dan, I'm here with G, editor of thewrongfootball.com, and we're here to talk all things American football again this week. Merry Christmas! (laughs) In uh, the words of Noddy Holder, it's Christmas! And seeing as you've been good all year, we're going to give you the best gift you'll get all Christmas. Another week of uh, looking at the best that football has to offer. This week is week 15 that we're going to be looking back on, and we're also going to be uh, giving you our predictions for next week's games too. Uh, Before we do that, G, how's uh, how's things? How are you doing? Are you feeling in the Christmas spirit yet? I'm guessing from that, uh, that shout that you probably are. I'm definitely getting there. I will also confess that I'm ha- hanging on in a little bit, but I'm not going <laughs> to complain too much because there's lots of people, you know, are doing proper work over Christmas yes. period, and I've got one day left until the New Year, so you know, I, sh- I should be quiet. Yeah, well, that's, yeah I, I think that's probably uh, to, probably a good uh, good idea. Well, let's have a look at uh, some of the uh, the news talking points around the league, and the uh, the big one really is this is, this week has has really surrounded the Carolina Panthers, and it's it's. It's, it's there's been a bit of controversy with the, the Panthers. Their, their current owner Jerry Richardson uh, is being investigated at the moment by the league uh, for workplace misconduct. Um, he said that he's going to be putting the team up for sale at the end of the year. In fact, I think yesterday he he kind of said he was going to step away now to uh, to concentrate on that sale. Um, but one person who who has is said to be interested in in taking over is is Sean Puff Daddy P Diddy Puffy Puff Diddy Coombs. Uh, who, who wants to become the, the first African-American majority owner of the league. He's he said that the first thing he's going to do is apparently to hire Colin Kaepernick as well as his, as his first task. Do you think this is a bit of a publicity stunt or do you think he is actually interested in, in uh, taking over the, the Panthers? Well, first of all, I'd like to congratulate you on getting that in the first tape because I know you were worried about this <laughs> name. Yes, I was. Back to the actual point... Um, I don't know, he hasn't exactly got all the money he needs to do like a majority owner, which, you know, say it's a billion and a half or something, you know, he's might be able to stump up like the majority of a 52% state with a few other people. Steph Curry has already um, expressed interest. I think he's serious. I just don't know who else is going to go in with him and help him make the money. Um, The interesting thing or the worrying thing is if you look into this, you talk about controversy, but this all has sort of come to a fore because of the Sports Illustrated investigation, which is talking about some, yeah, pretty discriminatory and Mm. icky sounding um, workplace environment for women and some behaviours and actions around not only sort of Jeans Day and commenting on, on various co-workers, but some really kind of worrying manipulative stuff if it's proved to be true and so apparently there's been um some stuff in the works for the sale of the panthers for the while um been listening to 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 a guy talk about the fact that um ever since he basically wrote the his sons out of the um following the will and it looks like they've been preparing to sell for money but yeah the the investigation i think he's I think he's being pushed out as much as anything because if they're investigating his workplace, he can't exactly do it with him in there trying to run the team. It's a fair so, point. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 I think there's some quite serious stuff which I don't think they're necessarily trying to sweep under the carpet, but I don't think they're letting it hang around. Like um, I don't know if you're aware of Donald Sterling situation in, in in the NBA, but it was an open secret, and he that he was a fairly terrible human being and were, had been multiply um, sued for um, discriminatory um, renting practices as, as a landlord and 
and uh, some very eccentric behaviour and he hang on for years before the league forced him out and I think the NFL were very swift when this stuff started to, to really break that yes you're, this is this is a sale that's going to happen and happen fairly quickly Yeah What do you think the uh, the, the, the quarterback call Cam Newton and, and co uh, are going to think of this obviously he said that he's going to hire Kaepernick as his first task for me looking at who they've got as their, as their quarterbacks and backups I don't actually think that's a bad shout in terms of how you run your team, if you want Kaepernick to back up um, Cam Newton, um, in terms of um, players who can you know run the football and are a- a- athletic, and it sort of makes a certain degree of scheme sense. I mean, I don't know if Kaepernick um, is at a state now where he wants to come in and be a backup because that's absolutely what he would be behind Cam Newton. But yeah. it's you know it's a strong statement for. Um, Sean Coombs, shall we call him? I mean, he's had so many names, uh, and I, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful because the man has made an awful lot of money and carved out carved out a career that um I don't wish to besmirch, even if it's not necessarily to my, my particular flavour of rap that you listen to. But um, Sean Puff Daddy P Diddy Puffy Puff Diddy Coombs. You, you're just showing twice, off now. That twice, you've got for it once, twice in one take. <laughs> um, but um, it'd be interesting to see him amongst those owners. Um, I suspect there might be some people with bigger pockets that might pip him but uh, it's definitely one to watch because I don't remember it's been a while it feels since since uh, an NFL franchise has changed hands mm, it, yeah it, has been, it does feel like it's been a, uh, certainly a little while um, on the on the, the subject of workplace misconduct there's been uh, five of the, uh, the the anal- or some of the NFL network analysts have been uh, been been um, relieved of duties for now for uh, for that very thing haven't they yeah um it's hard to comment too much on this because we don't exactly know what's going on. There's been an executive who's gone, um, who has actually been suspended from the Ringer website, um, who was also used to be an executive at the NFL Network. You've lost uh, Michelle Marshall Falk. Yeah. And I know Ike Taylor's gone. And I, I suppose, given what's been going on this year, we shouldn't be surprised when anybody's name cropped up. But I must admit that when Ike Taylor's came up, I you know I hear him quite a lot on Dave Damashek's podcast and and I, I am obviously clearly too naive because it did take me back and we really shouldn't be because we've had so many names and so many things come out but yeah I think that's going to be one where we'll need to let the process take place and you know see what happens and, and what actually uh, is proved to um, have happened uh, once the uh, necessary investigations have taken place. Yeah. Um, before we move on to look at the uh, the, the, the games of, uh, from from last week, just a couple of, uh, of other bits. It looks like uh, Marvin Lewis might be uh, exiting his role in Cincinnati at your uh, in, in your uh, your team. Yeah, I mean, this news sort of broke on Sunday morning at fairly awkward time, and I'm not sure it's necessarily contributing to what happened in the terrible game that I actually haven't seen. It's like the first <laughs> game I've missed in three seasons, and when I say first game, what I should say is first set of snaps. Um, but I think he's out of contract. His line is still that he hasn't discussed it with um, Paul Brown yet. It's widely expected he'll leave either to coach somewhere else or possibly do another football role. And uh, there's no concrete evidence yet of what's going to happen, and he's still denying it. So if it's two more games, I guess we'll find out at the end of the season. That's, it would not surprise it. me if he leaves. We've been talking about it possibly being the end of his tenure and time. What distinctly worries me is there's talk about um, um, us hiring Hugh Jackson or trading for Hugh Jackson, which, given that he's won and whatever he is at the Browns, doesn't fill me with a huge amount of confidence right now. No, that's not a uh, not a good move. I wouldn't I wouldn't suggest personally. Um, the, uh, the the other the other thing that uh, that caught my eye, Ryan Shazier. Um, so he obviously uh, spinal comp- compressed spine, I think was the uh, 
the the, the injury that he, he came away from uh, from a game with a couple of weeks ago. Just two weeks on, he was uh, he was at the Steelers game on Sunday, wasn't he? He was in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I mean, it was a really nice moment. I mean, this was very much um, game of game of the week and yeah. possibly game of the season for for many people. And it's garnered a lot of attention. We'll cover it, I guess, in, in terms of detail and football when we do our general roundups. But for scheduling reasons, we couldn't both get to see it. But um, the there was a really nice moment on at the start of the um, of the I nearly said the Steelers, and that was wrong. At the start of the first Patriots offensive um, drive, where they um, brought Shazier up um, on on the big screen because he was at the stadium in one of the owner's boxes and by the sounds of it they hadn't told anybody was going to do it so it was a really nice surprise the crowd went nuts Mm. and and it was just really good to see him I mean I'm still not entirely sure because I don't think they've really released the full details and that's perfectly fair enough that precisely what is the nature of of, of the damage um, they're taking it very cautiously uh, I get the impression that he will, you know, get to lead an ordinary life, but probably won't play football again. Um, I don't want to speculate too much because, you know, the good news was that he was there, he was smiling and waving a terrible towel, and that's, you know, definitely a step on the recovery that was nice to see. Excellent. Good news, top man. Over here. Right then, let's have a look back at week fifteen of the uh, the regular season. It really is creeping up now towards the uh, the, the the end of the season. Um, Thursday night's game saw the Denver Broncos uh, playing the Indianapolis Colts. On the face of it, this game really should have been terrible. It was it was actually a fairly entertaining game. It's twenty five thirteen in the end to the Denver Broncos. Um, one thing that really kind of jumped out was, uh, was 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 well, Trevor Simeon. He's done for the done for the season now, isn't he? Is it? I haven't seen um, how bad the injury was. I just saw him sort of go out and um, apparently so, yeah, and be replaced by um, Brock Osweiler. And obviously, um, he came in and played well. Shot. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he, he had a, he had a really good game. Certainly, uh, certainly stats wise, he, he looked he looked very very good. And he uh, yeah, he's he's. I think that will be a, that will certainly be a boost to the Broncos towards the, uh, the, for, the for the last couple of games. I mean, he genuinely looked uh, uh, um, like a competent NFL quarterback and. You know, really got the ball moving at, at times and into some tight windows, and you really get to see um, how difficult it is to make an NFL pass because we had once again these Thursday night with the um, opening couple of um, uh, uh, snaps of a drive uh, with the Madden view as I think yeah. is the official term is so you get to see behind him and they tend to switch back to the traditional side on view for third down because you need to see <laughs> on that down whether they've made 10 yards or not but mm. it gives a great idea of the sort of coordination of what's going on in the line and just how difficult it can be to make some of the throws yeah well the Colts took took control fairly early on it didn't they they, they were winning at, ho- at half time and in fact Halfway, halfway through the third quarter was when the uh, when the Broncos really took took over. Yeah, and um, it, it's sort of yeah, but it was <laughs> a game of two halves, that classic game of two halves. But the momentum just slowly shifted, and then the um, Colts, after a strong opening, just couldn't seem to get anything going, and, and the Broncos got better and better. Well, that's it, and, and especially in in terms of CJ Anderson, who who had a, a huge game, one hundred and fifty eight yards from thirty rushes. I mean, I was impressed with him a couple of weeks ago against the Bengals, even when, although the Broncos um, lost. And (sighs) there's elements there, but they desperately need the quarterback. I'm not going to suggest that Osweiler is the solution, and I 
we'll be very interested to see what um, um, John Elway does does in the off season with this team. But there's definitely the skills players for an effective offense. It's just these questions of these lines and, and the problem at quarterback that they've had. Yeah, well, there's, there's a problem at quarterback on the other side as well, isn't there? Jacoby Brissett um, played for the for the Colts as, as he has for, for for a lot of the season, obviously with uh, with Andrew Luck being out all season. Andrew Luck doesn't. I mean, I don't know what about you. I don't know whether you think that he'll he'll end up coming back, but I don't think Jacoby Brissett's someone you want to hang the hat of your franchise on, is he? Um, I, I think he's a very good backup. Yeah, um, he might even develop into something more. Bearing in mind, I think this is only like his second season, but he does seem to have a tendency to hold on to the ball mm. at the moment. And um, the problem is that with the offense, so long at the Colts, the offense seems to have been um, revolved around uh, Andrew Luck doing amazing things yeah. behind a very porous line until he got sort of basically so beaten up and injured that he can't play anymore and I think there needs to be something of an overhaul so I wouldn't write him off but certainly at the moment he looks like a, a, a very competent backup and, and might be one to develop but you wouldn't be yeah you, as you say you wouldn't be handing over the franchise to him you def- definitely wouldn't well uh, like I said the Broncos came away with a victory on this one 25-13 it was uh, well it was, it was myself who picked the point up on this one I, I picked the Broncos and uh, yeah got, got this one right so I was pretty pretty happy with that I was pretty happy up until half time, and then it went horribly wrong. Uh, just, just a quick injury update: Trevor Simeon, yeah, partial, partial dislocation of his left shoulder, and is done for the season. Which, yeah, yeah. I mean, they've just had between between um, Simeon and um, I think Osweiler has played a couple other games, but also Paxton Lynch, who seems to have been very injured for, um, over all his years in the league so far. They've not had any stability at quarterback, the Broncos. No, it's a uh, yeah, they, they certainly need to uh, need to steady the steady the ship a little bit there. Um, yeah. Moving on to the uh, the second game, it was the Dolphins and the Bills. Uh, it was an AFC East divisional game, uh, Miami against uh, Buffalo. Um, luckily for the uh, for the Dolphins, it wasn't quite as uh, the, the the blizzard conditions that there was uh, last week when they were playing the Colts. Um, but it was a divisional game. Uh, Bills were looking to end their run as the uh, the team with the longest uh, longest time since their last playoff appearance. It's uh, they they haven't. Uh, Got to the got to the playoffs this century as yet. Um, it ended a bit of an anticlimax, really. After after last week's Dolphins um, triumph over the uh, over the, the Patriots, yeah, it was twenty four sixteen to the Buffalo Bills. Um, looking at the Bills, Tyrod Taylor started, didn't he? he, he there's been a bit, a bit of back and forth this season, certainly towards the back end of this season, in terms of who's been starting at quarterback with him between him and uh, Nathan Peterman. But uh, yeah, Tyrod Taylor started. What do you think of uh, of Tyrod Taylor? Um, he came back from uh, the knee injury, which is why there's been a little bit um, of back and forth later yeah. this season. I think he's a, a, a somewhat underrated quarterback that's not spectacular, but he doesn't turn the ball over, and um, he's very effective running the ball. And I think if you're a kind of team where um, you're playing really good defense and you want somebody to not turn the ball over and help facilitate a run-based offense, I think he's a very good quarterback. Mm. He is, he is de- definitely a good quarterback. Um, he's he's a uh, he's, he's come on in the uh, in the last couple of seasons, I would say, but obviously with a bit of a bit of a blip at times uh, this season. He's never been one that's been like one of the one of those elite guys. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll no, I mean, and the criticism and I think the frustration in Buffalo seems to be that um, he's not one to turn it loose. It, it, it's a a little bit of the Alex Smith syndrome, I think. In that, mm. and, and he tends to hold on to the ball and make something with his legs yeah. rather than uh, and let go. And and I think there are people focusing on the opportunities that he leaves on the field. And I think this can be dangerous sometimes with players. And I think one of the reasons that um, someone like Bill Belichick, and I'm beginning to think someone like Sean McVay has success, is that they look at what a player does or can do for them and puts them in a position to do that well rather than worrying about the things that they can't do that don't fit their system. And and I think 
I certainly would, if I was looking for a quarterback and he's coming up on the open market, if I'm a particular type of team, I, I definitely would be looking at him as, I think, of a very competitive option that I don't think a ridiculous price. Well, it would be yeah, remiss of us for not to uh, to have a look at Shady McCoy. He he scored that, the, the Bills' first touchdown on there. It was the first time they've, they've actually scored a uh, on on their first drive for 19 games, but not long after that he uh, he, he got his 10,000th rushing yard in the in his career he's the 30th player uh, to go over 10,000 rushing yards he's uh, yeah he's a bit good isn't he yeah he's um he's a lot of fun to watch he he's still very agile and kind of um proving a point about uh, to Chip Kelly after being traded away by him and I that still seemed a very strange decision where um when Chip Kelly got control of personnel, yeah. um, you know him and the Deshaun Jackson were both kind of head scratching trades. He's he's a really really good player who you know has played in so far in Philadelphia and Buffalo. So you know you think he might you know need to get a new agent and go somewhere warm, but he's been really effective. And I I didn't get a chance to go back and see the snow game, but even in snow he's able to make you know cuts and stay on his feet. So it, it's it's been a really impressive career, and I, I do wonder how long he'll go on because you know how running backs get when they get over thirty and they can yeah. fall off a cliff. But um, it's definitely one of those players that we should enjoy whilst we have him. Yes, absolutely. Well, on the other side, Kenyon Drake um, looked pretty good again for the Dolphins. Not quite as good as last week, but 78 yards uh, this week, including a 31-yarder. And I will tell you, the Dolphins need to tie up Jarvis Landry's contract in the, in the off-season. I don't know what we're going to do without him. Would, would that be the one-handed catch again? Uh, yeah. I mean, that was that was the, the thing that caught my eye. But even, even without that, he's he's really good he is really good in fact I like a lot in fact particularly with Kenyon Drake I actually like all your skills positions now between between um, him um, you've got Kenny Stills and you've got uh, Dante Parker yeah you know you've got quite a really rather nice balanced uh, um, wide receiver core if you could just get you know some steadiness um, on the offensive line and someone who can throw to him yeah (laughs) yeah I mean unfortunately we had a a bad uh, um yeah, it was, it was bad cutler this week. It was bad cutler this week. Wasn't Good cutler it? last week, bad cutler this week. That's how it works. And there were two horrible interceptions. I mean, the one mm. at the end of the game, he just, yep. just. I don't know because the problem is that he's one of those quarterbacks where sometimes when 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 you throw an interception, it looks bad. It's actually on the receiver because they ran the wrong route or there was a miscommunication, and so mm. the quarterback thought they were breaking one way on an option route and on the other. But there were two at least that just looked like sailed balls that went straight to um, Bills Bills defenders. Yeah, well, we were at that point. We were we were trying to uh, trying to get back into the game. There was te- there was we scored ten points in the uh, in the fourth quarter, but couldn't do enough unfortunately to uh, to come back and win it. The Miami Dolphins. It was twenty. 20- 4-16 as I say to the Buffalo Bills and uh, yeah you pick this one right picking the uh, picking the Bills sorry about that that's alright uh, these things happen um, <laughs> uh, one of the games on Saturday was the LA Chargers we're going to look at both LA teams today LA Chargers and the Kansas City Chiefs it was 30 points to 13 to the Kansas City Chiefs both teams went into this uh, into this one at seven and six, needing a win uh, to kind of stand out in that AFC West which is which is a really tight division this year um, as it stands I mean uh, this I thought this this week's game from from Alex Smith was was really one of the best games I've I've can remember seeing of him. Uh, it's he's he has been playing better and the whole Chiefs' offense has been playing better since the, yeah. uh, since Andy Reid has handed over play calling duties to um, Matt Nagy, I believe even the offensive coordinator's name is. I'll take your word for it. Uh, um, that, that might well be botched, and I apologise to him and his family if it is. But um, <laughs> 
yeah, they seem to have had a better flow in recent weeks. Um, Kareem Hunt seems to be running the ball a bit better. And as much as anything, though, for me, it was that they played well, and that gives that means that the defense is on on isn't on the field anymore. And actually, I was pretty impressed with the, the Chiefs' defense in this game, and that's really been the area that's been letting them down. Now it's still opportunity; they're still opportunistic, and that was sort of what got them into this game with the interceptions. But also, they were able to rush the passer a lot better than I was expecting. And the other thing that helped the Chiefs' offense was that some of the Chargers tackling, particularly in the secondary, they didn't want any point of um, tackling Hunt, and they seemed to be really not like diving in headfirst trying to spear people but like going low and diving without any wrapping up and so um it enabled chiefs to get quite a few yards after catch type um type yards just because it was just yeah as a man who likes defensive football there was there was some tackling that was was making me gnash my teeth just a little bit yeah, I mean, looking at the at the uh, the other side of things on for the uh, for the Chargers, Melvin Gordon looked good, didn't he? Seventy eight rushing and ninety one receiving yards. Uh, he's he, he, had a, he had another good one. Yeah, and I think they've just found out how to utilize him because if you remember, he had a mm. really rough rookie year, and he did. They've seen the right way of getting him into space, and I, and I don't know if he's also adjusted, but he's he did look really really effective. Was it him whose mum wouldn't wear his jersey while he was while he was? Uh... Not playing particularly well. I can't remember uh, if that was him. I don't know if that's him or him or not. But but it's a great story that we should, we should possibly look up. I mean, I'll, I'll have a look at I'll have a look into it over, over Christmas <laughs> while you're eating your turkey. I'll be I'll be looking at Melvin Gordon's story. Well, you know, we could set it as homework, but it was definitely. <laughs> um, but yeah, but the Chargers look pretty good um, on offense a lot. Other than yeah, Phil Rivers having all those interceptions and a, mm. a, a couple of them were not good looking, were they? No, no, they definitely weren't. It's it's not something you really expect from Philip Rivers either. No, but it is. It's a slightly charger's e thing to do, isn't it? That yeah. Just when you're beginning to have some faith, some faith, you know, something goes horribly wrong. But well, definitely. Equally, it was always a tough game going into Kansas City, and maybe we just got carried away with um, how bad the Chiefs' run had been because they do seem to be coming into form at the right time. Mm. Yeah, oh, definitely, definitely, and and it's thirty points to thirteen. It's a pretty a pretty good win for them as well. Pretty uh, pretty decent. They'll be uh, they'll be certainly happy with that. Neither of us saw it coming. We both picked the Chargers, and we were both wrong. <laughs> and and, and both a special wrong. mention ought to go to um, Tyreek Hill's super long touchdown, where the, the safety yes. just. I don't understand how any defense when you have Tyreek Hill on the on the on the um, field. If you're a safety in your single high, how are you not shading towards Tyreek Hill's side of the field? Because that I mean, poor, it kind of makes sense. Yeah, that poor <laughs> cornerback stood just no chance as, as Tyreek Hill went zooming past him. No. Uh, well, uh, the the other side of the uh, of, of LA, I suppose, then the uh, the Rams <laughs> were uh, they were playing the uh, the Seattle Seahawks uh, this week. Um, it was a divisional match, first and second place in the NFC West. And it was an absolutely dominant win for the uh, for the Rams. It's not often you see the Seahawks dominated like this, but it was forty two points to seven in the end. Um, I don't know about you. I, I, I again similar with with Alex Smith for the uh, uh, for the Chiefs, but I, I can't recall seeing a, a performance this good from Todd Gurley for the uh, for the Rams. My word, Sean McVay puts him in in positions to succeed, and and yeah. everybody's been talking about the. Um, transformation in the offense but they seem to be focusing on the turnaround with Goff and that's understandable given how bad he looked but 
my word has he done uh, has McVeigh done a job with Todd Gurley and it's Gurley who definitely makes this offense go because he's the one who's not only running the ball so so successfully but also is catching the screens and moving in space and yet he is looking a really fearsome fearsome weapon for the um, Rams and that offense and then definitely there's yeah. all that all the misdirections and the um the the double run fakes before the before they play action pass and it, it's just it is really really fun to watch we ended up with 152 rushing yards, four touchdowns, three on the ground and, and one in the air. Really, really good, uh, good, good day for him. So he's he's certainly going to be uh, going to be going into this week with a with a bit of a bit of a boost, I would say. Yes, I would I I would say so. And <laughs> and I mean, but we shouldn't take away from from what was a very dominant display or yeah, by the definitely. Rams' defense. In, yeah, absolutely. It, it, it's kind of funny to me having watched the Seattle. Um, offensive line be better than I was expecting against the Saxonville Jaguars and mm. Aaron Donald oh my word how good is Aaron Donald well he just went and showed didn't he why he's one of the best tackles in the game I mean he was just I mean he almost seemed to be just jumping through the defence yeah. <laughs> and just yeah. launching himself between the guard, guard and the centre and, and poor I mean he didn't play well, but I don't think he was allowed to play well, and I don't, I, I wouldn't put any of the blame on um, Russell Wilson in this one because the, his line was just sifting so many players into backfield so quickly that um, he, there was just nothing he could do. Yeah. What about the? Uh, I mean, would you would you blame Russell Wilson for the, uh, for the for the safety? The Rams Rams got themselves a safety, didn't they? At the end. Yeah, I mean, it was sort of like a it was an intentional grounding, um, yeah. thrown out the thing rather than a quarterback tackled. So, yeah, I mean, yes, he takes the blame, but it, I mean, it's just he was having such a hard time with, with the um, with defense, and the actual one where he threw the ball backwards and got done for intentional grounding was actually a worse sort of individual play than the safety. Mm. But uh, yeah, uh, it, ha- we've been saying for a long time that they need to do something about their line, and this is the kind of game where it's like, yeah. I mean, they, they got they, they had no ground game at all, did they? Well, no. I mean, they, they, they just got utterly dominated by by that Rams front. And and mm. if you get if things go that badly for you, it's it's impossible to establish anything. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, it's uh, yeah. It was a it was a pretty uh, pretty dominant victory for the uh, for the Rams. Well, you you obviously saw it coming. I I went for the uh, the Seahawks. That was uh, particularly poor poor pick of mine this week. <laughs> In and fairness, when, when, in fairness when was, to you and I, I was not expecting that performance. I just fancied no. the rims, to, the Rams to win out with the points, the points that they were giving. But to be honest, when I, when I look back at my, I, there was a couple this week where I look back at my picks because uh, I did them. I basically did them last week when we were when we were we were recording the podcast, and I just didn't change them. And I went, I look back at them when you were, when I was sending them to you uh, on Saturday, I think it was. Mm-hmm. I thought. Did I pick them? Why did you do that? <laughs> I mean, the one that you must be really kicking yourself about as well is that um, inevitably you asked to change one. Yeah. And well, and then and then I went back on it because I, th- I thought no, because if you change one, it always goes wrong. And then it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's have a look at the rest of the games around the uh, around the league. Are you uh, ready? From, uh, the week. Yeah. Go on. The uh, the the mammoth uh, session. The, of the editing nightmare shall begin. <laughs> Well, uh, the the Bears are pretty much out of it now, but the uh, the Lions' hopes of playoff season, the uh, playoffs this season, sorry, are very much still alive, uh, and they received a boost this week by uh, a Saturday night win uh, by twenty points to ten over the uh, the Chicago Bears. Result never really looked in doubt. Uh, Mitch Trubisky uh, did his best to get things moving for the Bears, throwing for three hundred and fourteen yards uh, from thirty one completed passes, but uh, yeah, couldn't quite make the uh, victory. 
Uh, there was an AFC South matchup between the uh, the Jags and the Texans. The Jags uh, have looked good all season. They uh, see themselves top of the division, fin- having uh, finished bottom last year. Uh, big win here for them, 45 points to 7. The Jags make it to the playoffs for the first time in 10 years. A monster game from Blake Bortles and, and Keelan Cole, who connected for 186 yards as well, uh, to ease the Jags to victory. Nobody's going to want to face them in the playoffs. Oh, definitely not. Nobody, nobody is. Um, the Browns still winless. Uh, went, there was the winless going into this one. They're winless coming out of it. They, uh, while well, the Ravens uh, have been looking good uh, towards the uh, potential postseason party towards the end of the season, they got this. Uh, they got a win here, twenty-seven points to ten. It was fairly close up until half time. While there was there was no points in the fourth quarter, uh, the Ravens did enough in the uh, in the third, and uh, yeah, the Ravens are now eight and six. Uh, Aaron Rodgers was back for the Packers for the first time since picking up an injury in week six against the Vikings. Uh, he did all right, but with three interceptions, that really hurt the Packers this week. They were playing the Carolina Panthers, uh, who, who won this one. It was 31 points to 24. Uh, it should be enough to at least clinch some wild card place with uh, with three games left to go. Speaking of the Vikings, they've uh, they've looked increasingly likely to be uh, to become the first team to play uh, in the Super Bowl in their own st- own stadium this year. Um, in my dad's exact words, uh, for the Bengals, it was more it was less like who day and, and uh, more where day uh, for the Bengals. It was thirty four points to seven in the end. Cincinnati's broken linebackers went at the uh, Vikings eased to victory, uh, even giving Teddy Bridgewater a run out for his first snaps in two years or nearly two years uh, in the fourth quarter when they were thirty four nothing up. Uh, yeah, Vikings are now uh, confirmed for the playoffs. So, and it uh, is yeah, really nice to see Teddy Bridgewater back on the field, even if it is in garbage time after after such a horrible knee injury. Uh, yeah, it absolutely is. Absolutely. Uh, at six and seven and five and eight respectively, the uh, Cardinals and Redskins were both third in their divisions going into this one, uh, looking unlikely to uh, to make a, uh, a late postseason charge. Um, it was 15 points to 20 to the Washington Redskins. All of Arizona's points came courtesy of the boot of their kicker, Phil Dawson. Despite practically no rushing gain, the, uh, the uh, Washington Redskins uh, made the end zone twice, giving the, uh, the Redskins the win. Uh, the Eagles, this was their first game without Carson Wentz, so it was all up to uh, Nick Foles to keep things moving at quarterback. Uh, quarterback. Uh, after Clinton the playoff place last week, he had a pretty good game as well with a win uh, against the uh, the New York Giants. A lot closer than many people thought. It was thirty four points to twenty nine. Um, it gives them uh, at twelve and two. It gives them the uh, the, the, the Eagles a home home field advantage uh, for postseason in a in a, uh, and a week off as well for Wild Card Week. Uh, but the Giants did uh, did do their very best to stop them uh, with Eli Manning throwing for four hundred and thirty four yards. But uh, yeah, it just wasn't quite enough. Yeah, the worry for the Eagles won't so much, it seems, be their their backup QB, but their defence if the performances keep going like that. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, well, the Jets are another team uh, who were without, without their uh, starting quarterback, so upstate Bryce Petty throwing uh, to keep himself in a job probably at the end of the season. They're playing the uh, New Orleans Saints, uh, and they uh, yeah they he, he, while uh, Bryce Petty wasn't bad, uh, he wasn't uh, wasn't the, wasn't the best, and it uh, it ended up thirty one points to nineteen to the Saints. Uh, he only connected on 50% of his throws, meaning that they struggled to push forwards as much as they needed. And the Saints, on the other hand, put themselves at uh, at 10-4 and four following this win. So, uh, yeah, they're keeping pace with the Panthers in their division. I wonder if the Jets could be um, attempting quarterback home for somebody, um, like Kirk Cousins, if he doesn't want to go to Washington, just because I've been so impressed with the, the coaching job Todd Bowles has done this season. Yeah, that wouldn't be, that wouldn't be, wouldn't be the worst idea, and they can have Cutler for nothing, if they like. <laughs> um... <laughs> The 49ers have been on a uh, bit of a roll of late, and uh, while they can't finish anywhere other than bottom of the NFC West, they uh, they want to boost the morale of their uh, their players ahead of, uh, of next season. And uh, yeah, this week they were playing the Titans, who were still looking good for the playoffs. 
Um, and they've done it again. Garoppolo still undefeated in games he started. 25 points to 23 to the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, 381 yards this week for him as well. So uh, that was, uh, even though they, they had little to no run game, they, uh, they, yeah, they still managed to get the win. And I think that um, the 49ers might have the longest win streak in the league at the moment. I think I think you might be right. Yeah, it's, it's certainly up there. Well, the, uh, in a game that has been described as by NFL.com and others that I've heard uh, so far as, as game of the year, uh, Patriots got back to winning ways. I was, uh, like you say, it was one that I was kicking myself over because I, I very nearly went back to uh, to pick them. Um, it was twenty-seven twenty-four to the uh, the Patriots over the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Steelers have uh, still got their place in the playoffs, but couldn't get the win here. They weren't helped by an injury to Antonio Brown, who partially tore his calf, and looks like he's going to be out for the rest of, at the very least, the regular season. So, uh, yeah, not great for him. No, um, they played really well, though. Le'Veon Bell is amazing, and the big controversy seems to be about there was it a catch, wasn't it a catch, with um, Jesse James at the end of the game having yeah. um, gone behind. I think the bigger issue, because if you look at the way it was called versus the rule, they called it exactly like the rule, and it all seems to make sense. Whether you agree with it or not is, is the big question, but the ball definitely moved when he hit the ground. But um, it's the whole fake spike play... Ben Roethlisberger throwing his coordinator under the bus and I just I wonder how much of it is a problem it is that the Steelers have, have lost something like six straight to the Patriots now and they're likely to meet them again in the playoffs yes yeah that's it it's, that'll, be a, that'll be a hell of a, a hell of a rematch uh, well the Cowboys uh, got a win uh, this uh, this week it was 20 points to 17 to the Dallas Cowboys over the Oakland Raiders um, they got the win with the with a field goal towards the end of the game they they uh, the loss puts Oakland at six and eight for the season. So, while a couple of games back they were looking at uh, like they were going to be there or thereabouts, they're now a couple of games behind where they need to be for the postseason. So, uh, not great for Oakland. Oh, and uh, and the Cowboys are going to have Zeke back soon as well. So, uh, yeah, keep an eye on them. Uh, there was an NFC South matchup on Monday night. It was uh, the Falcons and the Buccaneers facing off. It was the bottom two teams uh, going into the week. Uh, but even the uh, even in third, the Falcons' season still alive at eight and five going into this game. It was twenty four points of twenty one to the Atlanta Falcons. Got another win here, despite James Winston having uh, arguably his best performance of the season. Uh, and the Bucks uh, made something of a comeback towards the end, but an interception from the Falcon, uh, Deion Jones, kept the Atlanta postseason hopes alive. And if you're not feeling Christmassy after all those sleigh bells, I don't know what's going to make you. The ball is Right, Jay, let's have a look at what you've been uh, writing about on the blog. Um, uh, amateurs, amateur adventures in film uh, this week. I always say that wrong. Um, <laughs> look to the Jacksonville, sorry, Saxonville Jaguars. Um, they're looking good, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, what I was looking at was the their defensive line, um, which is part of the whole Saxonville bit. And I was particularly interested to see how um, Claire's Campbell and the guys would go against that Seattle um, offensive line. And interestingly enough, the, the, the Seahawks line held up for most of the game. I was impressed by what the defensive line of, of Jacksonville were doing. But the sort of the key thing for me I took away from it was the fact that they because they were good enough to rush by four and get pressure they were able to stay in coverage and that's always seems to be the, the equation you're trying to bounce is can you get um, pressure on the quarterback without giving up coverage and that's the whole reason that you have zone blitzing uh, with players dropping and other papers coming because you want to get safe pressure and because they can do it with just their four down linemen and they have a really good secondary then they were able to really stymie the Seahawks and they didn't get the same kind of pressure on Russell Wilson that the Rams were able to do this week but they were able to do enough to stop the, the offense from working effectively and you mm. can see why there's a reason why they have the number one pass defense in the league by DVOA. 
Absolutely. Well, uh, you also took a look at some of the teams who are a bit injury-heavy at this point of the season. I'm trying to remember what I wrote now, and I'm having complete <laughs> blank. It's been a long, busy week. <laughs> Go to the blog. Go to the blog and, uh, and have a read. It's always uh, always, always worth, uh, worth going and having a read. I'm on to uh, the next week already. In, in the Bill Belichick style, we're on to Cincinnati. Well, that's it. What are, you, what are you planning on looking at next week? Is it going to be Cincinnati? I honestly don't know. I, because we've we've got Christmas and stuff, I haven't thought of coaching tape. I haven't thought what I'm going to write. There's no Thursday night game. I'm I'm all of a fluster, all of a sudden. I'm terribly, terribly <laughs> sorry. I failed you all. Yeah, absolutely, miserably. Well, uh, for all of that and much more from G, make sure you stay tuned to the blog. It can be found at thewrongfootball.com. Are you ready for some football? Right then, you've uh, you've taken a commanding lead, 128 to 117, with two weeks left. I don't think I'm going to be able to catch up at all. Uh, so there might be some maverick picks, or I might just get lucky in this week's some of this week's horrendous picks. So uh, yeah, let's see. Um, this week's games obviously include uh, some of the Christmas Day games. This obviously this being the uh, Christmas ep- Christmas episode as well. I thought uh, it's only only fair that the uh, that the, uh, the the G's extra point feature uh, contains some Christmas. Uh, Trivia this week, okay. Again, courtesy of uh, courtesy of my dad. Uh, so, a couple of questions you've got this week. Um, first of all, uh, we'll, we'll go. They've all got a Christmas theme, um, as you might have guessed. Um, who's played the most Christmas Day games? Player or team? Team. Sorry, yeah. Um, I'm gonna venture. It's going to be one of I, but I reckon it's going to be one of the bankable stars. So it's either going to be the Dallas Cowboys or the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I'm going to plump for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Wrong. You plump the you back the wrong horse. Oh. The uh, Dallas Cowboys. It's entirely the right, right thing. So I'm claiming a moral yeah. victory, though. <laughs> they've played in five, but they've only uh, only won two. Speaking of uh, of wins on, on on Christmas Day, there's been 19 games played on Christmas Day since 1971. How many of those have been road victories? I'm going to say four. Seventeen. Wow. The I... first, the only to only time that, that a, uh, a home team has, has won uh, a Christmas Day game was last year, the two games last year. I I really thought that it would be the home teams that would do better, but I guess they're distracted by having their Christmas, um, you know, yeah, having clearly. their family and doing Christmas at home, whereas the, the road teams are in business mode. That, that, is, that is a really impressive stat. It certainly is, isn't it? I know. Completely um, the reverse um, of what I was expecting. Well done, your dad. <laughs> and finally, then uh, the uh, last uh, last question. I'll uh, I'll give you this this uh, this one. Um, there's been one Christmas Day shutout. It was it was uh, the Cowboys again who uh, who were were shut out. Uh, who was the victorious team in 2000? Oh, good grief! Um. <laughs> um they got 31 points, if that helps. It really doesn't. <laughs> um, so, so a team who shut out the Cowboys. Baltimore Ravens? Tennessee Titans. <sighs> I'm not even sure the Ravens existed at that point. I need to look this up. Yeah, the just... Ravens did. Ravens did. <laughs> oh, blimey. Let's get go. to some, some picks where I'm doing slightly better. Yes, that's, <laughs> yeah, good point. So uh, yeah, let's uh, let's have a rattle through the uh, the games for this week then. So uh, no no Thursday night games this week because obviously there's uh, there's a, there's games kind of kind of no all over more the for this, this season. We we ha- no ah I didn't realize the, the, the last Thursday night game was our final chance, and, and and I must admit that we failed to discuss it earlier. But the um, retro all orange throwback jer- um, jersey and helmet combination that the Broncos wore, I thought was rather nice and contrasted nicely also to the Colts all blue effort so 
was a, a good solid colour rush to Lovely. go out. Good, good week for colour rush this week, yeah. Um, the uh, the Colts are in the first game again uh, this week. Uh, this is on uh, on Saturday. Uh, they are playing the Ravens. The Ravens are given sorry. The, the Colts are given thirteen and a half points, which is enough to make me say I'm going to go for the Colts. Is it the Ravens have been playing relatively well in recent weeks? I yep. really hate that line because I don't want to pick the Colts, but I might have to join you because that is a lot of points. It is absolutely. Um, Vikings Packers. This is always a always a tasty one. Uh, six and a half points given to the Packers. Uh, the Packers of this week said mm, Aaron Rodgers might start. He might not for this week. So uh, yeah, what, what do you think for that one? I'm I th- thinking Vikings. I, I, I'm thinking. Um, I don't want to make a choice until I know for sure what's going on with Aaron <laughs> Rodgers because uh, that's not that a line. Much difference this week. Well, I think that, that line is set with um, Rodgers not playing because um, I think that he would. I think he could keep um, Minnesota within a touchdown just by the dint mm. of being an amazing quarterback. But I would probably join you on the Vikings. Uh, Falcons Saints, five and a half points given to Atlanta. We, I think this is definitely one of the games we have to watch. The re- yep. re- revenge grudge match from a couple of, seasons, a couple of weeks ago. And yep. um, I'm slightly worried about the Falcons, but that seems quite a lot of points to the Saints given they just lost this game. Um, I think... I'm leaning Saints, but I'm not happy about it. Ooh, I'm going Falcons, I think. Yeah. Uh, Bills Patriots, 12.5 points given to Buffalo. That's a horrible line. That's a horrible line. I'm really tempted by the Bills. I'm not sure. I've I've, I've initially ticked the Patriots, but I don't know. I don't know. I mean... <laughs> You'd expect the Patriots to win, but the Bills still stand an outside chance of the playoffs, and mm. the defense has been good, but they've not been as good on the road. No. Oh, that's a horrible line. Yeah, it is. <clears throat> um, do you think the Cleveland Browns are going to get their first win this week against the Bears? I think this is their most likely opportunity, but I'm this not is sure they're getting it. I, I really feel like it is, um, but um, I think. I don't know because the problem is every, every every week it seems you're slightly tempted by the Browns to cover and they just never seem to. So I think I'll pick Bears, particularly at six, home. The the Browns are given six and a half points, uh, and I'm going to go with them. Fair I'm enough. Pick them to, you do that to cover at the very least. Um, your Bengals are given four and a half points against the Detroit Lions. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm going Detroit. Sorry. Yes. So is virtually everybody in the. Yeah, it does look a bit that way. <laughs> It does look a bit that way, yeah, um, yeah. Eighty, eighty percent at this uh, at this stage as of as of Wednesday night. Um, Broncos, Redskins. The Broncos are going to be going to have Brock Osweiler. Uh, I'm. Uh, they, they're also given three and a half points, but I'm. It's not enough to sway me from going Redskins. I don't think They've, the Broncos definitely looked better in the last couple of weeks. But yeah, I suspect. Um, I, I suspect that Washington will cover that. Mm. Uh, I think the Rams are going to beat the uh, Tennessee Titans. Tennessee Titans are given six and a half points, uh, which is enough for me to say yes. I'm going to go for the Rams. Yeah, I think I think I'm I'm with you. The, the Titans seem to be having problems at just the wrong moment. I will always go for the Dolphins, as you know. Uh, another another uh, Christmas Eve game. Ten and a half points given to the Dolphins. They're against the Kansas City Chiefs, making the trip to Kansas this week. I just don't know because I have no idea what. Dolphins team is going to turn up I think I'm leaning Chiefs but it would not surprise me if if we get good cut you can see the Dolphins covering that yeah definitely 
Um, Chargers Jets. Uh, Jets are given six and a half points. This is another not easy pick. Yeah. Mainly because of that. Uh, mainly because I, I, I'm not sure whether the Jets will cover. Really, I, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping the Chargers bounce back. They weren't completely out of the Chiefs game, and but I think I'm leaning Chargers. But definitely, my confidence has been knocked. Mm, I'm, I'm initially thinking Chargers, but I don't know. That could that could change. Um, the ten and four Panthers play the four and ten Buccaneers, uh, and the Buccaneers are given nine and a half points. Does that seem a lot of points? It does seem a lot of points. It seems enough to make me want to potentially pick the Buccaneers. I mean, I think the Panthers will win, but it just feels like they're winning their games closer than that, and they've had one yeah, or they, two big are. wins. But that just—it—I mean, I don't trust the Bucks, and that's the problem. But it feels like the Bucks should cover that. Mm, I tend to agree. I'm going to go with the books on that one. Uh, again, another another ten and four against four and ten. The Jags and the Forty Niners, four and a half points given to San Francisco. They, they they can't win a fourth straight, can they? Surely. I, I think I think their time's up. I'm going I'm going Jacksonville. I, I, I think that's where I'm leaning. I think this could be um, a really interesting game to watch, um, just because you've got that defense going against um, Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. But yeah, I think I'm leaning Jaguars on that one. Mm. Uh, Seahawks Cowboys four and a half points given to Seattle. It would be the most Seahawks thing ever to bounce back and at least cover this, if not make it competitive. But with Ezekiel Elliott coming back, I, I do wonder if the Cowboys will run out winners at home. Yeah, yeah, they're they're, they're my pick. I think the yeah, the Cowboys, uh, the New York Giants, and the Arizona Cardinals uh, minus four and a half for the Cardinals. So, so the the Giants are given four and a half points. I have no faith in either team. I mean, the Cardinals are no, the better team, and I would expect them to run out winners. But I'm not sure I trust them to to win by five. No, I'm going to go with them. I think. I, I think I, I agree, but that's that's more uh, an even more lack of faith in in the Giants, and I at least um, have a lot of faith in the Cardinals' um, coaching team, even if the um, roster is somewhat struggling with injury. Mm. Uh, Steelers Texans now these these this last two are the Christmas Day games and bear in mind there's only been two winners of uh, of Christmas Day games on the uh, at, on, on the at home, home side yeah yeah um, so the Texans are at home against the Steelers they're also given nine and a half points I expect the Steelers to win they have a nasty habit of playing down to their opposition but given what happened against um, against the Patriots I don't think that there'll be a letdown. Uh, I suspect there'll be a reaction, and so I'm leaning Steelers, but I'm a bit worried with Antonio Brown being out. I'm picking the uh, the, the road team. I'm picking the Steelers. Yeah, I think I am too. But bearing in mind we're picking point spreads, not just winners. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Um, Raiders Eagles, the final game of the uh, of the week. The Eagles, uh, twelve and two. They've already made the uh, the playoffs and 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 have that uh, that week off in wildcard week. Uh, six and eight. Uh, Raiders they're given eight and a half points that line worries me because um, I think the Eagles will win despite being a home team because I think they're a better team than the, for the Raiders but that Eagles defence performance from last week does worry me mm. but the Raiders offence hasn't looked that good so I think I'm, I'm leaning yeah. Eagles but I'm not convinced by it I'm going for two road teams on Christmas Day uh, so I'm going to go with the Raiders because you don't care anymore and you, you just you know want to ride that trend of the stat you found. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, I felt that one way up here. 
Well, that's all we've got time for this week. Thanks very much for listening. If you've liked what you've heard, please do remember to give us a like, a subscribe, and a review through whatever medium you procure your podcast. It really does help to get in, as, into as many pairs of ears as we possibly can, and it'll be a lovely Christmas present, so we thank you very much. Um, <laughs> this time next week, uh, we'll already be sick of the sight of turkey and counting down until it's socially acceptable to take down the tree. Uh, but we'll be here, as always, to look over the games of the week, including those played on Christmas Day. Uh, in the meantime, please, uh, between opening your presents, make sure to check out the uh, therawfootball.com for more uh, from the mind of G. And remember, if you want to get in touch with uh, us, uh, you can do either by dropping us an email twfpodcast at outlook.com or find another G or myself on Twitter at wrongfootball or at twfdan. Thanks very much for listening. Uh, from both of us, have an amazing Christmas and we'll see you again next week. Happy holidays, guys.